Listener discretion advised. If you have never read Harry Potter, we are going to be talking in depth about the fourth, fifth, and sixth books of Harry Potter in this podcast. So give this podcast a pause and go read the entire series. Or simply you can check out brookandbinding.wordpress.com and read up on their reviews of Harry Potter. It'll help you get a good overview and we'll be here when you get back. Also, we're going to be talking in spoilers. So spoiler alert. Hi, I'm Haley, author of the book blog Brook and Binding. I'm Maddie, upcoming debut author, and this is Lit Sis. Well, 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 welcome to March, everybody, the month where spring is supposed to be coming, and I'm currently staring at snow. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it's so snowy. Why is it doing this to us? I don't know, because we're in the Midwest, and that's just life. Very unfortunate. It was so warm earlier this week, and then... It was! Now, here we are, in the snow, and in the cold, and it sucks. But, hopefully, warm weather is around the corner. I hope so. And this is my birthday month, and so I'm hoping no snow for my birthday. 74. Wow, you sound so young for 74. Yeah, yep, wow. I know. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. super exciting. Can't wait to celebrate your birthday with you, sis. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Be a good time. But we're not here to talk about birthdays. This, Although they, they are, are fun, fun, and I just had a very, very fun birthday. How old did you turn? I turned an age. Um, and <laughs> But instead, we are here to talk about Harry Potter. Ha 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 ha. Fun fact. Um, I think I might have alluded. I think I talked about this a little bit in the last episode. But I have been to London to like King's Cross Station and Platform 9 and 3 quarters. And it's so cool. Like. Yes, you did yeah, mention that. It's a good time. Rubbing it in our faces yeah, a second time. Let me just say I've been to Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Um, no, but it's super fun. It's very touristy and it's really funny. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. And like, also when you like leave it from the train station, like from King's Cross station, it like feels so much like you're going to Hogwarts. It's so cool. But I didn't sit in the compartment. That I just cool. sat in the car. And there's trolley people. Oh, it's so fun. So basically Haley, what I'm telling you is you need to go to England and experience it yourself and all of the listeners. Oh yeah. I think it would be super cool. Mm-hmm. Well. That was a little tangent, but we are here to talk about Harry Potter again. Um, so, Haley, can you tell us what, what books are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about the next three books in the series, four, five, and six, which are Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So, as previously established in the first episode, Haley and I have some different opinions on which are the best books in the series. Um when she actually, she really, really dislikes one of my favorites, which is Order of the Phoenix. Yes, I strongly do. So we'll probably delving into that a little bit as to why I like it and why Haley doesn't. Um, and we're going to just spend a, a bit of time talking about each of the books and maybe even investigate some stuff about the movies. Because I think out of all of them, four, five, and six have really, really good movies. But they're also like, there are a lot of like viewer like 
huge fan like issues with some of the movies or just big differences that people have have talked about for years so that'll be something cool to investigate as well oh definitely and i would say that's a great way to lead into the first book goblet of fire because that has been one of the biggest Mm -hmm. harry potter book to movie transformations or i can't think of the adaptation like uh yes 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 um that people have so many different like opinions Uh about and the book there are that some elements in the movie yes are in the book the main plot yes are in the book the main the like, Triwizard Tournament stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. The tri- you can, we're spoiler Haley. We can talk about it. The Triwizard Tournament. Okay, yes, but I'm just saying, oh, like, like overall, in general, yes, the main stuff is in the book, but some of the stuff with the Triwizard Tournament or like the details of like elements of the tournament, and exam, for example, or just like. There's, like, things here and there that people nitpick about, but also there are some, like, a little bit bigger differences that happen that people, especially if they've read the book and then saw the movie, have a hard time accepting. Mm-hmm. But if you separate the book and the movie, the movie is pretty pretty entertaining. It, I honestly, I think the fourth movie is one of the most entertaining movies of them all despite the fact that the fourth book is not my very favorite. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, I think they were smart in how they adapted the fourth book because there's a lot of stuff in the fourth book that kind of weighs down on the plot that is beneficial, but also doesn't translate well to the screen. So they did a good job actually Mm -hmm. in really adapting it to the screen for the audience. Um, But in terms of being identical or being really good and close to the book, it's, it's, it falls short for sure. Yeah, and that's definitely something that, um, like I said, so many people have brought up, which makes them kind of despise the fourth movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, ugh, you know, or they're like, or people are like, oh, I love the fourth movie. They're like, well, have you read the book? Yeah. It's totally different. <laughs> you know, and it's just yeah. like, it's like this one, it's like the one book out of all of them, honestly, that, like, has the most discrepancies mm-hmm. between the two. And I mean, the people just won't look past yeah and the it. more i'm sitting here thinking about it the more i'm thinking of like oh yeah that's not in the movie that's not in the movie like yeah so why don't you start naming off some of the stuff since this is spoiler central um okay so the first one i always think of is in the book hermione makes spew which is society for the promotion of elfish elfish welfare um after um realize after um in the beginning they go to the quidditch world cup which is always a fun time um but in it uh the dark mark comes and they're death eaters and stuff like that and it is quote-unquote proven although it's false that um that a main character's house elf was the one that did it and Hermione's like that's not fair like she could never have done that and so she creates this entire society that is to promote elves and the fact that they are slaves and she just gets really really heated into it and it's a really big part of Hermione's character to show that she is very much for um justice and the correction of laws and it's really it's a really cool part on Hermione's character despite the fact it doesn't really make the plot go anywhere um despite Mm -hmm. I mean it has to do a little bit with the plot but her 
going on and making this society and like bothering people to like buy for it or like she starts knitting piece of clothing for the house elves to grab and while they're like cleaning um like little things like that it adds to who she is but it also just like I understand why they left it out of the movie yeah it definitely it it's kind of something that with the rest of the series as it goes on kind of gets run into the ground and some like Harry and Ron they don't really they kind of just roll their eyes at her and stuff Mm -hmm. but as as the last like the rest of the books the last from that the next three so the last three books um they start to kind of see her viewpoint Uh and and say a few things that like really make her happy yeah and and they're all this and obviously the that part in the fourth book directly indirectly like leads into a big moment in the seventh book during the battle of hogwarts um Mm -hmm. which we can discuss a different time um yeah but those are that's the only thing that like they had to change that part in the seventh movie, or I guess the eighth movie, because they left out the part about Spew in. I know it's S P E W. Yeah, it wouldn't have made. Yeah, sense. it wouldn't have made sense for like what happens in the in the movie to happen if they had never established this. Which is again, it's probably something that J K was probably like, hey, you know, you can take this out, but I got to tell you, like, you're gonna have to change something later in a different movie. And they probably just like were like, yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah. So. I like I said. I, I feel like maybe I've said this in past podcasts or this last one. That, like, I think is when we were talking about movie um, adaptations in general, where if like the author is involved and changes occur, a lot of times I'm way more accepting of the changes mm-hmm. because I knew the author had to kind of say a okay yep. to it. Um, uh, besides, like all those other ones that we were like, you know, oh the guy who created the Aragon movie didn't even read the book and the author wasn't even involved like stuff like that we were like um so like when it's stuff like this especially this fourth the fourth movie if we're going movie right now the things that are different like certain elements of the last triwizard tournament um uh what is it called uh like the maze Mm. but it's like the event the last event that they have to do um, there's like a few like different puzzles or or there's like a riddle Harry has to solve with like a phoenix a sphinx. or not a phoenix a sphinx thank you with a sphinx and like different different elements that really make the book super intriguing mm-hmm. and like for example with the second second um event isn't the right word what did what do they call it, it um I oh my gosh what is it it's is it a challenge I keep it's not a challenge second I have my book with me. Hold on. Task. You're task. right. That's right. It is. The second task. Um, and then with the second task where Harry has to breathe underwater for like an hour or try to be underwater for an hour. Um, in the movie, they say that Neville is the one oh, who yeah, yeah, helps yeah. him with that, which makes sense because he loves herbology and everything. But in the um, book, it's Dobby. Mm-hmm. So you, there's, you know, another little moment of house elfishness. Yeah. Um, yeah, the house elves are way more prevalent, yeah. and they get to go to um, the kitchens, mm-hmm. and they get to see Dobby. Yeah, because Dobby gets a and, job at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Yep, and um, the house elf that was, that was... Um, blamed mm-hmm. for doing the dark mark gets also hired at Hogwarts, and she's having a rough time. So it's just like, you get to see all these kind of side elements that, Maddie, you had said in the previous podcast that you love, like when the mm-hmm. books are longer. Mm-hmm. 
because then you get these kind of mundane, just like normal moments. Um, but again, if you're going to leave out some of those key elements with like the, the role that the house elves are going to play in this mm-hmm. book, then, oh, I guess Neville's a good choice yeah. to help with that. It's, and, yeah. You know, like the, the, the Sphinx and some of the riddles and, and other things he has to deal with into the maze, like the, the maze is really just leading up to the big climactic moment. Yes. So, you know, if they wanted to move that part along, like, sure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the main stuff, though, honestly, is the same. Voldemort does return. Mm-hmm. Cedric Diggory does die. Um, Mad-Eye Moody is being... Is, is um, polyjuiced. Is, 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 is Bar- being, it's yeah. Barty Crouch Jr., but just polyjuiced. Like, yep. And those are yep. such exciting and, moments. Yeah, and those main things are still the same Mm -hmm. you know harry gets thrown into the triwizard tournament and harry asks cho out to the yule ball but but, you know he she denies him you know and then hermione goes with victor crow like stuff like that where you're like oh these certain things and the and the like quidditch world cup stuff happens even though it's a little a little different stuff crazy stuff still happens with that like everything like if you really are looking at those main Mm -hmm. parts then yes it it does a good job but again like i said people just they have a hard time looking past those those differences because they seem like such big changes in like in the books like when you see the movie Mm -hmm. you're like wait what about this like you left this out yeah you know but i i will argue i really do think that there is one scene that is in the book that is not in the movie that i really think they should have put in the movie i think it matters a lot to the plot and that is the scene in which um, Mad-Eye Moody, um, as, I think he, he is as Moody or something. Oh, no, it's, I don't even remember, like, exactly what happens because I've only read it in the book. But it's, like, Harry and Crumb go and, like, talk near the Forbidden, forbidden Forest. Oh, yeah. And then Harry, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. then, oh, and then it's Barty Crouch Sr. is in the forest. Yeah. acting all crazy. And he'd been missing for so long. And then Harry goes and gets someone. And when he comes back. Barty Crouch is gone, and Cedric is uh, not Cedric. Uh, Crumb no. is not Crumb. Now. Yeah, yeah. And so then, that's a that's a really big yeah. part because you realize that like Barty Crouch is on the verge of spilling his gut. Yeah, about his son, and yeah, about his son, and that his son is actually alive, and he didn't die in Azkaban because no one would ever think that Barty Crouch Jr. was still. Around. Especially considering like he's, Barty Crouch Sr. was so against Death Eaters. Yeah. Exactly. So that is a really big scene that I, I agree that I feel like would have brought another level to the movie. Mm-hmm. But also I feel like it leaves like you would have to add a lot of other little things for that scene to have the impact that it does. Because if you kind of just threw that into the movie people might be like wait what was that about like well it, it, it does get explained in the end when moody becomes barty crouch jr again he explains that part of he went and he killed his dad and he knocked out crumb and he like turned his dad into a bone and buried it that's true so he so in his, in his confe- confession confession he would have had to like dive into that mm-hmm. scene which makes sense because but yeah. I mean, even in the movie itself, you don't even understand really how Party Crouch Jr. gets out of Azkaban. Because I don't think he goes into the whole, my mom di- my mom took my place and my mom died and my, and my dad hid me. Like, I don't even know if he says that in any of his confession. No, he doesn't. So, like, 
He doesn't say anything. He he doesn't. I don't even think they question yeah. how he got out of Azkaban. I I don't even remember that at all. Unless like Dumbledore makes like a side comment or something. He says something like, um, "You need to contact Azkaban or and let the Dementors know that." Yeah, they have. They're missing a prisoner. Yeah, he or makes it sound like, like as if they've never known, and that he recently got out of prison, which is not true. He's been out yeah. for years. Exactly. So yeah, that I think that's a really big change that is an issue. But also, too, if you're going to include that in the confession, you also should include that he was at the oh yeah um, Quidditch World Cup, Winky. and then that throws in yet again. Here comes Winky, the house elf. It's all looks like everything comes back to the fact that they left out the house elf section of this book. So many things were changed. They're like, ah, we we don't need these people. And then it like ricochets and it like changes so many things. I think that's probably the biggest thing they took out. That's why the fourth book is so different or the fourth movie. Yep. And I think too, like just going to the book in general, I, I usually rate that one pretty high. Um, Again, I, I should have wrote down the rating that you had or the ranking you had said in the last <laughs> podcast. Um, but if you had just listened to that one and you're listening to this one, too, you know where it is in my list. I'm just blanking. But usually I rate you, it fairly in, high or like mid In the high. previous ranking that I listed off last time, you ranked it as number one. But then when I read it to you, you were like, oh, no, I wouldn't do that now. And I think you ranked Half-Lit Prince as number one and then Goblet of Fire is number two. Yeah, something it's usually pretty high because I just think it's super entertaining. It it, it feels so different than any of the mm-hmm. other books because the introduction of the two schools that are there, you have new characters, you've got like tasks to look forward to, you're trying to help him figure out how he's going to fulfill those, you know, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into wait a second, like wait. Like Moody isn't Moody yeah. and like Baltimore is he came back and like what and so I think it just really takes you off guard and really the the book is fairly lighthearted up until Mm -hmm. the ending and that ending is where we start to take a dark turn and really dive into who Voldemort is like what his agenda is where like how he became who he is and that's where the fifth and sixth book yeah it really just makes a giant twist and I will I always I don't rank it very high usually, but honestly, after talking about it, it is a very good, entertaining book. It really changes the perspective of the series, um, and it just it's it is a very it's a very well put together book. Now that I like now that we like analyze it, I I do appreciate it yeah. a lot. But yeah, it, yeah, it, it really sets up for us to dive into a darker part of Harry Potter, and it oh. And, like, yeah. honestly, like, I commend J.K. Rowling because she probably wanted to get there, like, way on, on in the beginning. But, like, she let herself have four books to just establish this this world and these people and these, like, events that happen that are, like, big twists and stuff like that but are not, like, super deep. And then once you get to the end of the fourth book and you're like, whoa, things are changing now. And I honestly do think that the fourth book has the biggest twists out of any of the other books i think has the biggest definitely like i definitely think like the seventh book has like a huge like oh man no i actually made the seventh book (laughs) they just are all full of good twists yeah from here on out it's like twist (laughs) yeah 
tons of twists. And uh, really quick before we move on to the fifth book, um, I also just want to mention this is the first like lengthy book. Yeah. The first three are fairly short. And this is the one where you're like, I think when you read the series or if you've never read them or you're going to, you're like, oh, yeah, these books aren't that bad. And you see and maybe they've been intimidating. You're like, yeah, they start small and then holy crap, yeah, look how it big this giant one is. Jump. I grabbed one right now. It's, it's like 134 pages. Isn't that like double or over double what Prisoner of Azkaban um, is? No, Prisoner of Azkaban is 435, but it is okay. It is over double Chamber of Secrets because Chamber of Secrets is 341. Yeah, so over double. So the these one. books that, yeah, these first three books that you've read, like yes, Prisoner of Azkaban is getting a little longer, a 400 page book that's pretty lengthy for some people, and then you're like 700. <laughs> You're like, is this like a piece of classic literature? Like, am I, you know? I know. Because so many of those books are super long. Yeah, don't tell those people about Order of the Phoenix, 870. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But there are other books out there that are like in the thousand pages. I will say the Order of the Phoenix is the long. No, wait. Is Anna Karenina longer than 870? I don't think so. I think it's like 840 or something like that is not in the 800s i'm not sure i'm pretty sure mine is yeah but i i think i based it off of yours because i'm but yours i don't even think is over 870 so i think order the phoenix is the longest book i've ever read yeah it's long it's good though but let's dive in so this is the book that we have the most controversy about this is a book that we get we literally are on polar opposite sides so mad why don't you share your thoughts and <laughs> your argument, I guess, as to why I think you've ranked this either number one or number two as yeah, well. Yeah, this for me has become my number two. I will say though, it used to not be a favorite. It used to be like when I used to rank it, it used to go like like second to last, just above Chamber of Secrets. Um, which I actually when I, I do have a better appreciation for Chamber of Secrets now. It seems it it, it is good. It it moves quickly. Um, just kind of like the first book, like we've talked about, but I will is still mm-hmm. like not one of my favorites. Um, I think mm-hmm. a huge part of that is also Gilderoy Lockhart, but that's it. Oh, that's that's been, that's done. Well, I have a character that oh. makes the fifth book hard for me. Yes. So, so the fifth book. <laughs> here is what I like about the fifth book. Like we said before, the fourth book opens up to this darker area for Harry in his life. So the fifth book has um serious black a little bit more you start to I really like tragic backstories so you get to learn more about Sirius's tragic backstory like how he um moved out of his family and moved in with the potters when things were really bad because his parents were such purebloods um how he how like people in his family have been like like literally like burned off of a family tree including himself you learn more about you get to meet Tonks who is amazing um you get to just sympathize um for Sirius and all of the Order of the Phoenix because Sirius has to be stuck in his childhood home, which he hated um, after leaving for so long, then being in prison and then having to be in hiding. And then he's back in his childhood home. Like, that's really sad. Um, And so I think very complexly about it. But then you get to, like I said, get to meet Taunch. You get to meet the Order of the Phoenix and find out that there's like this underground group of people who are like fighting Voldemort. Like, even just like he just comes back and then they immediately reband. And I think that's super fun. The idea of like the secret society that's like, working against the forces of evil um 
I like Road of the Phoenix because it's long and this is the year that they do their OWLs, um, which is like their standardized test. And so there's a lot of like information about the wizarding world and a lot of stuff about like their studies and like, like I said, like those mundane things that you really like to read about. But then again, like Harry is also going through this tragedy of having seen um, someone die. And then he also goes through like going to the ministry. That's like the first time we go to the ministry because he has to go to court because he gets expelled from Hogwarts in the beginning of the book, which is a crazy, crazy thing. And then he has to uh, save Dudley from Dementors um, and all of this stuff. And then like the entire book also like Dumbledore is like closed off from Harry. And so you're like, what's going on with Dumbledore? And so there's like that mystery of Dumbledore. Um, and then Harry gets to Hogwarts and things are just really sad because everyone's upset because Cedric died. But then people, um, I think this is the book where, because yeah, this is the book where Harry's like, Voldemort's back and no one believes him. So like everyone's turning against Harry, but Harry is also dealing with like PTSD and trauma from seeing Cedric die. And he's angsty, but he's angsty for like a good solid reason of like having gone through a lot of hurt and like, hardness and being face to face with Voldemort like the real full thing after the fourth book and then like his friends are like he he just feels like everyone's against him because and I I know people complain about that but I think it's very valid that like Harry felt like no one was there for him and like I really I really sympathize with him and I really feel bad for Harry um and then of course we get into Umbridge which is the character that you hate but I will say every scene with her is so entertaining as a reader like it's annoying and it's frustrating but it's so entertaining especially when she interacts with with McGonagall who is not she is is McGonagall so sassy back and it's really funny um and then also at the same time Harry is banding up his own underground society of people fighting against Voldemort at school which is exactly what the ministry thought he was doing and he was like sure I'll do it and he like and he's just you get to see Harry kind of in his element of like helping people and like making them stronger and better wizards. It's, I just I I've, I've really learned to appreciate it after reading it seven times. <laughs> well, I can definitely get on board with some of those things that you're talking about. And when you when you put it that way, I'm like, oh, I guess there are some good things, but I will not be swayed. <laughs> I whatever. Know. I know how I feel about this book. It literally is the book that almost every time I get to, except I guess I can see what you're saying about the more you read it, the more you can kind of start to appreciate some elements Mm -hmm. to it. Um, But it's that book where I just dread reading it every time. And (sighs) Just thinking about it just <laughs> makes it hard to <laughs> just thinking about it. like it's literally the book that takes me the longest to get through, honestly. Once and I, read it, I read just it. like that's that's pretty yeah, impressive. That was only like the third or fourth time I read it. I read it in nine days. I challenged myself like my sophomore year of high school. I think that was the third time I read it, yeah. That's Thank crazy. You. Continue. But but I think so, okay. So those are the reasons why you like it. I'm going to name off a few things as to why I don't like okay. it. Okay. Number one, Umbridge. Obviously. She's the worst human. Yeah, she is. She I hate her more than I hate Voldemort. That's yeah, I agree. Literally, I think she's the worst. I think because she is like one of those people that you just I think it's because she reminds everyone of maybe somebody like you she's being so fake she's super like her um passive aggressive 
but then she also is like just so she just wants to take over and she's just is like just so mean she's just so mean and she hurts harry and she like whips out detention like it's nobody's business and she's just like like she's just got this thing about her where you would think she would be nice and she's not like necessarily she doesn't like say she said okay so she says some mean things but it's always in this tone of like <laughs> I'm, I'm nice to you like yeah like like are you like excuse me but are you saying that you don't think blah 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 <laughs> like you know she's like I, I must have misunderstood that you think that blah blah blah. Oh, blah, and then she does that. And it's like, <laughs> like her little cough. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Just literally the worst. So she is huge for me. A huge reason that I do not like the book. Another reason, Harry. This is a this is a time for me where I I just feel kind of bad for Harry. But then I also feel like he's just being super dramatic because there are moments where like Ron and Hermione are wanting to like talk to him and tell they tell him like we're here you for don't you understand. like like we even though we like even though we you know couldn't tell you anything about the Order of the Phoenix like over the summer or whatever like we wanted to we're here for you we're so sorry you know like you can talk to us about these things and Harry's like no. I'm the one who saw Voldemort. Like, people need to be talking to me. Why am I being left out? Nah, nah, nah. And it's just like this angsty teen. And then you throw in the, like, semi-romance that happens for him <laughs> yeah. with Cho Chang. And, like, the awkwardness of that, which is kind of funny, but also kind of weird. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just, like, all the feels of, like, teenaged angst, which is on purpose that JK did, because she has said that before. But it's, it makes it hard to read because I'm just like, like, ugh, Harry, and just pull yourself together. <laughs> like, seriously, these people are here for you, and you're just shutting them out. And so, because I think the people that he thinks should be there for him, like Dumbledore, and like Sirius is there for him, but like, like people that he's like, when you were saying, oh yeah, he just feels alone. It's like, well, that's like his own, he puts that on himself. Like he's mm, not actually alone in these. I things. will say though, Dumbledore <laughs> does purposely step like step away from Harry. But when he explains it, it makes it does. Sense. When he explains why he does that, it does. But he sense. doesn't explain it to Harry until the very end, after Sirius has died and Harry's like upset, and then Dumbledore finally explains everything. Yeah, but I think that's like the masterful work of J.K. Uh, to have like all of these things. Just all like the cards laid out right then and there. And you're like, whoa, like mind blown moment. Um, another thing that I have a hard time with again is now correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's some weird stuff that happens with Ron and Hermione's character, their characters in this book. I know I said that in the third book, they're really like catty to each other <laughs> because, <laughs> of, because of Crookshanks, her cat. Um, but I also feel like there's just some other weird drama. Maybe it's not with them. Maybe it's I'm just thinking of Harry and Cho Chang. But um, I think there's more drama in the next book. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just like there's so many like all like these just little things that they just. I think it's like 
I love Harry as a character, and then to see him act that way, I just get angry at him. Mm-hmm. And then to have another character that I'm just like fed up about, you know, it's like, come on, people, like pull yourselves together. Let's just team up. Let's do this all together, you know, and just like pull your big boy pants on, like you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly, that's true. It's I just I just think that's that's hard for me. And um, there was one more element that really just does not sit well. Um, well, the ending, I'm just gonna say the whole ending with Harry and his stupid dreams. And yes, he saved Mr. Weasley, like he saved Arthur Weasley. But also, like, because of that, Voldemort knew that there was a connection. He started to learn that there was some form of connection. And he was realizing that there's like a manipulation that can happen. And so he starts to manipulate Harry and his dreams. And he puts the one person that Harry could not stand to lose, Sirius, makes him think that Sirius is in danger. And he's like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to trust the adults. I'm not going to trust the Order of the Phoenix who say that everything is like, okay. And they haven't heard anything and like, whatever. And yes, he does try to test it. But Creature lies. He doesn't say that Sirius is there. But like the fact that he's like I'm gonna take matters into my own hands and like this awesome group of friends of his that he has been training up which is so cool like I I think that is a cool element to see Harry be that like teacher and to and to show people what he has learned and what he's used and help them it's really beneficial moving forward but I really think that with the ending and then like going to the ministry and like the prophecy and just like all of the fighting that happens in all the different rooms in the ministry. I just, and then Sirius like falls through the veil and people are like, what does that even mean? What does the mail, the veil even stand for? And obviously like Sirius is either dead or he's like a lost soul somewhere because he never comes back. And it's just like all these things. I'm just like, ah, it, it is, I just get so it frustrated. Is confusing, but I also really enjoy the, the section in the ministry where they're fighting the Death Eaters and a lot of weird things happen. No, I think that part, I just feel like that part, honestly, it's kind of like the ending of, of uh, Prisoner of Azkaban where you're like, oh, the book is ending. Oh, wait, it's not over. Yeah, that's true. Like the, And it just feels like this extra tag on. But a lot, I mean, there's like important things that happen, but it's also like, Harry, you're being, you're being irrational. You're not actually thinking about, like, you are a student at Hogwarts. Like, you think you're going to be able to break into the Ministry of Magic. You think that, like, you know, it's just so many different things that happen that I'm like, "Mm." I just have a hard time, I guess, feeling like it's, it's being, it's like, it's authentic. Does that make sense? Like it's something that could actually happen. Oh, gotcha. The stuff that happens with Harry, the stuff that happens with Harry when he is like fighting the Basilisk or he saves Sirius, those all happen on Hogwarts grounds when he goes through to like get the Sorcerer's Stone. He doesn't have to leave school to do that. He does those things as a student because it's at his school and things are going crazy at his school. But when he's like, I'm going to go out into the real world and try to like take matters into my own hands, I'm just like, you are I just like bang my head against the wall and I'm like you are being so stupid so maybe my biggest issue is Harry in this book it sounds like but it's just it's just elements with him drive me nuts so anyway I I will stop we also get to meet Luna Lovegood in this book though 
she okay so she's pretty great like i said it's fun to meet some new characters like you do in the fourth one but in the fifth one you meet luna you meet a few other people who become uh, part of dumbledore's army you get to see jenny step up and just be able to get to know her a little bit more as a character you get to see fred and george absolutely rage at leaving hogwarts with their wonderful practical jokes and dump to uh, annoy umbridge yeah that is pretty cool and as the nerd that i am i do think the owls is pretty interesting because i like school yes so so interesting (laughs) yeah but that's my that's my rant and i know it was a long one but that's my rant about five all right well now we're gonna move on to number six yeah because there's no point in us trying to see each other's sides with five yeah it's never gonna happen Hey guys, March is Haley's birthday month and it's also the month of reading, so she would really appreciate it if you could all go to her book blog and read some of her reviews. It's brookandbinding.wordpress.com if you haven't figured it out already. Or you can follow her on Instagram at brookandbinding. That's B-R-O-O-K-E-A-N-D-B-I-N-D-I-N-G. Thanks for reading. Six. Here we are. Half-Blood Prince. This one also has a pretty big twist. This one also has some interesting character development. A lot of a lot of flashbacks which yeah. i love mm-hmm. the flashback the flashbacks element is probably my favorite part of that book i think the first time i read this book i read it in like less than a week it was so good yeah it's it's incredible and it's really lengthy too not as long as order of the phoenix but no this one's in like I, the 600s yeah i really liked um the stuff with dumbledore and the horcruxes and like getting to know harry um and uh, getting to know not harry getting to know voldemort as tom riddle um just and, and, and you're starting to realize oh like you're starting to see the beginnings of this this job that like this task that dumbledore has for harry like this like oh everything's going to be leading up to these important horcruxes like this 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 is something that we've been missing why didn't Voldemort die well this is why you know and mm-hmm. it, it's just really cool yeah I, I really enjoy it I, I think honestly my favorite there's so many good parts of this so I love the beginning where Dumbledore and Harry go to Slughorn and try and convince him to come back I think Slughorn is one of the I think people say that Snape is a very great character and it's true I also think Slughorn is a very great character um because there's... Did you just compare Snape and Slughorn? As, like, they're not black and white. They're very gray. Okay, okay, okay. I thought you said they're great. Oh. Like, yeah, Snape is great, but, you know, Slughorn is also pretty great. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting comparison. No, I think <laughs> Snape is gray and, like, Slughorn is light gray. Um, But there's just... Like, so many times when I, like, reinteract with Slughorn, whether on book or in movie, I'm always just like, wow, this guy is very, he, he, like, he says what you're thinking. So he, like, says, like, oh, don't think I'm prejudiced. But he kind of is. He he has very favoritism focused, um, likes his favorite students, like, really emphasizes relationships with them, like, all, likes the benefits of getting to know students that he knows will be successful one day. And, like, that just makes me uncomfy. Like, I don't like that. Like, it's kind of going back to the Dan Mallory thing of, like, if you do something, like, he's just, he's trying to get, 
he's trying to weave his way to success kind of or like or like through other through people other people so like it just makes me not comfortable i don't like it but then at the same time like he is not a bad person he no. keeps his memory of tom riddle because he is ashamed and he's guilty not because he doesn't want to help but because he is so ashamed of himself even though he was ignorant and had no idea that Tom Riddle would become the most dangerous wizard of all time. He just thought, you know, Tom was one of his best students. And so he gave him answers to a question that would one day allow Voldemort to quote unquote live forever. So unfortunate thing for Slughorn to have to deal with in his conscience, but he also should give himself a bit of grace because he didn't know. And I don't know. And he like, he eventually like he helps out in the fray with, the Battle of Hogwarts, and I don't know. There's just a lot to his character, and I really appreciate getting to meet him in this book. Yeah, I like him as well. I think that he's a little um, underrated a lot of times. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like he does have like a good heart, and and he does come off as prejudiced. Uh, I think maybe there are some ulterior motives there, but I think he just loves like I think he just really values excellence and people who carry like that are gifted Mm -hmm. and like he he kind of goes about it in a weird way but also I don't I think he's like proud that those were his students like I'm proud like I I just have pride that I taught you know this specific person yeah but and now they're known by the world but i knew them first. but then you also and i so you also get ahead. like weird things weird comments that he says that like right when harry first meets him where he talks about Sirius having passed away and then he says i had his brother regulus in slytherin but i would have liked the set like as he's like yeah. collecting cards or something and like that yeah. line in particular always i'm like shiver i'm like Ugh. Yeah, I thought about that line as well, but I think, because I think he saw the potential in Sirius, mm-hmm. but he was like, he like, but because Sirius was totally anti anything Slytherin, <laughs> I think he was like, oh, that was like opportunity missed because he saw how good Sirius was and could be, you know, he just, he just yeah. has a really strange way about saying those things like he yeah, just, he should maybe keep that to himself. He could have said it somehow. What he should say? maybe keep it to himself sometimes. Oh yeah, or maybe just think through how to say something mm-hmm. a little bit better. But but yeah, so that's a fun character. And what what what's like another element do you think that really stands out to you about this book in particular? The romance. Oh god. <laughs> I was not even thinking romance, but we can we go can there. go there, and then we'll go to what you were thinking about. But yeah, there's there's okay. a lot of romance in this book. Ugh. Yeah. Um. So Harry had his romantic things going on in Order of the Phoenix, but in Half Blood Prince, Ron becomes, um, I don't even know if he, co- he becomes acquainted with Lavender Brown. Um, acquainted. Acquainted through a. Uh, kissing all the time they snog constantly in this book yeah and it's all it's so dumb like it's literally I think this is the worst part of the teen angst of any part of the series worse than the fifth book because this is literally just Ron and Hermione like they like each other ish like Ron is really jealous from Victor Crumb from like way in the fourth book 
and then which is so stupid so dumb so dumb um because he doesn't even like treat Hermione well which is that's another thing that he I doesn't get to Victor is a great he is guy. so good I'm for so, her some, sometimes I'm like I wish you would have went with Victor Same. He, like messages like he not messages her he writes her letters he like texts up on her mm-hmm. he, like he he like even like like in the seventh book which is probably what you're alluding to he like asked her yeah. how, like, asked how she's up like how she's doing is she dating anybody yeah. he still is like it's been like three years since he's like had like gone to the yule ball with her or whatever he's like still, and like, they had yeah he's he's a good guy okay are we, anyway, are keep we going. secretly what is it what, are, what is it called is it like cremini are we secret cremini shippers Probably. Oh my god! I didn't know that was a a ship. I don't even know if that's like the a, proper name. It might be, but I I definitely think that they. Well, I'm okay that Hermione and Ron are an item. I honestly think they do balance each other out pretty well, and yes. they do have a good history. But I think Victor would have been fun too. Hermione for the win. Um. <laughs> okay, but then also there's different elements of romance because of Ron and Lavender, and then like the whole like the only reason that happens really is because, like, like Hermione and like the whole like, um, what's his name, uh, Cormac McLaggen. McLaggen. He likes really likes Hermione, and then Ron gets jealous, and then Lavender likes Ron, and so Ron kisses Lavender to get make Hermione jealous, and it's all this whole thing. And then meanwhile, Harry has a beast inside of him. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, like, Ginny also dates a bunch of people. And then, like, when Harry sees her, specifically when he sees her with Dean Thomas, he says this. <laughs> I can't. He's like, the beast. There's a beast that rises up inside of him. <laughs> can, can you elaborate for me? I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I think your laughter is pretty hilarious. Just letting you <laughs> letting you sit in the that moment. I I seriously <laughs> I think that is so funny, and that's something that Harry and Hermione start bonding over in this book is that the people that they both actually want to be with are with somebody else, and they don't really know how to handle it. Yeah. Um. Because Harry hasn't had a very good track record with being successful with the ladies yeah um and it's he feels like he's kind of betraying his best friend because he likes his little sister and that's kind of like off limits and so he's just like feels very like eh, and like and and there are moments where ron starts talking about hermione in a new way and they both kind of start to reveal that they like the Mm -hmm. other but but then but then Ron, uh, Ron gets so caught up with Lavender that he's like, oh, screw Hermione. If I get to kiss this girl, I'm going to go yeah. for it, you know? I think he also so, gives Harry, like, I don't know if it's this book or the next one. He gives Harry a book about, like, oh, no, it's the next one. He gives him, like, a book yeah. of, like, the fail-safe ways to charm witches or something. Um, yes, yes. No, but the thing about the beast is, like, Harry has this, like, whenever he sees Ginny, he says he has this beast inside of him, like, this feeling of, like, je- it's, it's jealousy. But he, like, refers to it as a beast. And he said, like, there's a part where, like, Ginny and Dean break up. And Harry says, like, the beast in him was, like, purring or something. Well, yeah, that's true. But Harry ended up being the reason they break up yeah. in the end. because, <laughs> But he doesn't realize it because he's got the, he has the invisibility cloak on and he's trying to leave the um, Gryffindor Tower. And he bumps into Ginny um, 
while her and Dean are like, I think they're, they're like walk going in. Yeah. And she just gets so fed up because she's like, I can do it myself. Like, you don't, why are you trying to help me through this like mm-hmm. door, you know, like whatever. And so it's like, he un like unbeknownst to him is the whole reason, like as the last straw that yeah. Ginny is like, I just can't be with and, him anymore. And the reason that happens is because Harry's high on liquid luck. That's true. I loved that aspect because mm-hmm. when I first read it, I didn't realize that the Felix Felicis is the reason that what he all of the things that he wanted to happen actually yep. happened. And that is one of those elements. And I think that that was very sly and cleverly done. Mm-hmm. And you also get to see in this book, you get to see Harry kind of like make Hermione really frazzled in potions because he gets he does really well with the Half-Blood Prince's book. Um, and it's yes. really funny to see those elements as well. And that's how he earns the, the, the Felix Felicis. And then you get to see Ron joining the Quidditch team as keeper. Um, and well, actually, no, is it? No, it's his second year as keeper, I think. Actually, maybe not. I don't remember. I think it's his first year as keeper because Harry um, gets banned from Quidditch in the fifth book. And this is Harry's. No, no, no. 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 It's his Harry's... second year. No, no, no. His second yeah, year. because the Weasley is our king song is in the fifth book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, yeah, just right. but Ron just gets more nervous about Quidditch. And so he, Harry, like, sneakily pretends to put the liquid luck in there. It's not. And... It's because McLagan is auditioning or auditioning <laughs> is, trying <laughs> is trying out as well. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, so he feels extra stress and competition yeah. in that. So that one's a fun book. That one's definitely we didn't even a lot more. Fun. Go ahead. Sorry. That one's way more fun. There's a lot more history. There's a lot more depth. What was the... And two... Sorry. Two big things happened that we haven't talked about. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Really quick. Yeah. So... Two big things. One, Snape is the Half-Blood Prince. Ba, ba, ba. Two, three, Dumbledore dies. Oh, I was going to say we should say it three, two, one, but you know, it's fine. Oh, sorry. I just went for Let's it. Say Snape kills... Dumbledore. Whip off the band-aid. Snape kills Dumbledore on three, two, one, okay? Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Snape kills Snape Dumbledore. Kills Dumbledore. I don't know if that Definitely. actually ends up being around the same time, but it's fine. Um, I mean yes. that's the biggest. That's the biggest spoiler of the entire series, I'd say. It's huge. I think. I think that is just takes people by such surprise. And then when you learn like how it all led up to that moment in the seventh book, it's so beautiful. And you just cry and you realize, you understand, like, what actually was happening up in that tower. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Also, we didn't even talk about Draco's character. Oh, but, my gosh. Yeah. You know, he goes through a ton of stuff. I like So it's just yeah. like. It's so good. There's so many elements to it. But I, honestly, when I think of Half-Blood Prince, I think of Horcruxes. I think of. The memories. Like, the memories. Mm-hmm. And I think of probably Dumbledore dying. Those are like the main things I think of. Yeah, I yeah I would agree with that. I think also another one I always think about the romance, um, and that's just really good. I just that entire book is so good. There's like there's rarely a moment where I'm like ah, I don't really like this part. I'm like ah yes, Half Blood Prince, so good. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's not that it's underrated, but the movie like doesn't. I feel like the movie doesn't really hit the same mark mm-hmm. or like um like 
it doesn't it's not like one of those that you're like oh ooh, let's watch the sixth one like you know people like we like i said people kind of do that with the fourth one yeah. because if you separate it from the book you're like oh that's a good movie. oh yeah and they're always like it's the, the christmas one. one and i'm like no it's not yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes because of the yule ball yeah, our mom does that she's the like fifth- let's watch the christmas harry potter i'm like that's not how it works <laughs> yes the fifth movie i try to avoid just because i hate I just hate all things Umbridge. It's not a good And the sixth movie. Book. No. And then the sixth movie, I kind of just like forget about because I think, again, the sixth book, obviously, books go into way more detail, but the sixth book really emphasizes Voldemort's past. It really emphasizes like the specific Horcruxes and where he was starting to like get them from and the houses and the memories of like um, Hepzibah Hufflepuff and going to the uh, Gaunt's house and like all these things of like I love that part that's like the biggest part of why I always rate six in my top like it's it's just so like it's a it's you're diving into a section of the past that you haven't had the ability to have access to because you just heard about oh well he's just a horrible person but then this is actual like the lead up to how he became who he is Mm -hmm. you know so I think that that is very interesting and yeah the whole thing about Dumbledore dying we can totally get into with book seven when we talk about that next week yes and just all of the amazing like twists and turns and underlying scenarios and situations that were happening and and how everything is connected and it's beautiful and it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> it's crazy and amazing it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing that's a fun word but yeah so if you guys have any comments or favorites that you're like ooh or like you didn't mention this part or oh I love the fifth book and Haley you should change your mind or whatever please feel free to to let us know comment send um send us a direct message on anchor or on instagram at broken binding um totally check out the broken binding blog for more of harry potter synopsis and my thoughts of uh last summer's read through um oh and- oh i also have something yeah. else to plug it, oh, i, I do not it. have my own book blog but i do have a separate book instagram that is <gasps> specific towards all of the books that i read so if you want to follow that, it's at Maddie Reads a Lot, M-A-D-D-Y-R-E-A-D-S-A-L-O-T. Maddie Reads a Lot. Wow. I know. I don't even know That's if you're following funny. me, Haley. Well, since this is the first I've heard, I will go follow Thank you. right now. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's 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 about it. So, um, Haley, what are you reading right now? I am currently reading a book of the month read um, that actually was, I believe, the December of last year. But no, it was added... January because we skipped it. No, no, no. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. It was, no, no, no. Listen, it was, it was December and I picked a different book. And this book, I, we had this conversation, the book that I picked for December, I would not have like picked up off of a shelf. And then you say to me, but this other book that you would totally read, would you go buy that book? Like, would you just go want it no matter what? And I was like, yeah, I'd want it no matter what. So I get the other book. January comes along. We don't really find anything on the January. That sounds good. February comes along. 
we have an extra book credit since we didn't get anything from January. So I swore that. that one was in January, though. Nope. Whoa. Two. I got two books for the for February to cover the January. So I got a few books a month anyway. Anyway, that's a long description. But this is An Anonymous Girl by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Peckhanen. Peckhanen? I can't remember how to say your last name. Anyway, but we we read them before. So, uh, yeah, The Wife Between Us. The Wife Between Us, which is super good. And I guessed the, the big plot twist on that one, but it was still such a good book. Yeah, super good. And so far, I, I'm really liking it. Um, it's essentially about this study that this girl gets into. Um, she she um, signs up to be, or her, name, her name's Jessica or Jess. And Jess signs up to be um, like a, a participant in like a psychological study on morals and, um, and ethics. And just, like, decisions that she's made or things that have happened. And so she goes to to that site or, like, goes to the area and she starts, you know, looking at the questions. And, and the questions are very – they get very in-depth. And they're not, like, multiple choice. They're, like, asking questions. Like, mm-hmm. could you tell a lie without feeling guilt? And then mm. she has to type out her response. And then the next one is, like, have you ever deeply hurt someone you care about? And it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. But it gets to the point where she, like, actually, like, enjoys this feeling of, like, getting stuff off her chest and being honest for the first time about some of these things. And the pay is really good, too. And so she's like, I'm going to do this as long as I can. And I'm not going to say anything else, but let's just say it goes down paths. Or so I've heard. I've not got to that part yet starts going down some paths that she was not expecting interesting sounds good yeah it's pretty pretty interesting so maddie what are you reading well surprise surprise i am still reading harry potter um so hmm. i am on harry potter and the goblet of fire now oh yes you know that's one of my favorites i know it is <laughs> we just talked about it oh it's crazy so yeah still on harry potter do you feel like really quick our conversations about the books have have helped you see the books in a different way than maybe you have previously? I think definitely. I think going I'm going to keep reading Goblet of Fire with a different viewpoint of hey, you know, like this is actually like really is entertaining. It's got a lot of twists and not look at, so down on it as much and realizing that like the house elves do play a really huge part. So I think so. I think they really help um, me appreciate some of the, my l- less favorite books. What about you? Well, I haven't started reading them again, <laughs> but I definitely think maybe, well, I def- I don't know this for sure, but I think maybe, hopefully, when I get around to reading Order of the Phoenix this year, I might have a better appreciation for it, Woo! but we'll see. No promises. Yay. Well, next week, we will be back at your ears with Harry Potter Part 3, we're going to be talking about the one and only Deathly Hallows. Um, It's going to be a good time, don't you think, Bug? Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. There potentially will be a special guest. Ooh, exciting. we shall see. We We shall shall see. see. All right, well, thanks for taking a break from reading. Now go flip some pages. (laughs) 